When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, episode 303. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, the show where we provide you ancient wisdom, inspiring stories, and action steps that will help you transform your life. So if you are new to our show, uh, then know that you are here for a particular reason, a divine purpose, and make sure that you listen till the very end. And before we begin, I've got a quick announcement. If you are fascinated by the chakras and you want to start working on your own energy, and start balancing it, then you got to check out the free chakra training video that I've put together. We're going to take a look at life through the chakra lens. And I also teach you four quick and effective ways to balance your root chakra for greater abundance, alignment, and connection. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash energy training. That's my7chakras.com forward slash energy training. All right. And with that, let's bring on our special guest for today, Jennifer Longmore. Jennifer, are you ready to inspire? <laughs> yes, I've got my woo game on. Great, great, great. So Jennifer Longmore <laughs> is a leading authority on soul purpose and is an elite business coach to enlightened entrepreneurs, a sought after media personality, a three-time best-selling author and is world-renowned for her laser-like clarity in seeing into the depths of your soul and bringing your connection to universal consciousness. For over 15 years, Jennifer has served clients in permanently shifting the limiting beliefs and patterns that prevent them from being who they really are so that they can live their most abundant, aligned, and accelerated soul journey. So as you can imagine, <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting discussion and you might want to listen till the very end because here's why. Today we're going to talk about healing your money story, which can be traced to your root chakra, which governs our relationship with our finances and money and abundance. We're going to talk about a range of topics, including the energetic blocks that often keep us from moving forward in our business and in our venture, how to go beyond scarcity thinking and how to transform your money story. So if any of this is interesting and if you're fascinated, then make sure you listen till the very end. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Great, great. So our listeners know that we always begin each and every episode with some inspiration. So what is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply it in your life? 
Uh, I have many, but one of them is from the Dalai Lama, and it's about it's something to the effect of if you don't think that you're making a difference in the world, try sleeping with a mosquito in a tent. And um, mm. that speaks to me on a lot of levels because I've done over, I work in the Akashic Records, and I've been doing that for a really long time. I've done over 30,000 readings. So people always come to me and want to talk about their purpose, and people often feel like they're running behind or they they feel like they're not doing enough either because they want this to be their last lifetime. And so it's a little bit of ego at play. Like I want to get it all out of the way so I don't have to come back to this planet or because they just have a drive to share their purpose and they feel like they should have some gargantuan purpose and they've decided what it already looks like. But the reality is we make a difference just by being in the essence of who we are and going about the world and smiling at people and, you know, uh, being a contribution, whatever way we're here to do that. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. You know, whenever I have these discussions, whenever I have these conversations with my guests, it's like, uh, you know, treatment for me because it's like I mm -hmm. get the wisdom that I need in the moment. And what I receive from this is that where we need to be is exactly where we are right now. So, so thanks mm -hmm. a lot for sharing. We can make a difference no matter where we are in life, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. We just need to be mindful to be in the moment. Now, Jennifer, let's talk about what is a money story? What exactly is that? I'm glad you asked that because people want to judge themselves for having a money story. The reality is we all have a money story. Mm -hmm. It's not about whether we have a story. It's about how healthy it is. And it's not about how much money we have. It's about how much at peace we are with the money that we do have or mm -hmm. the idea of inviting more money in. It's not a, it's not solely for the purpose of allowing more money and constantly and just hoarding it. It's wow. really about having that deep sense of soul freedom that money can be a contribution to. Got it. Got it. And what really prevents a person, maybe it's an employee or a business owner or an entrepreneur, what prevents this person from enjoying a healthy and harmonious relationship with money? Oh my goodness, where do we start? <laughs> the first thing is most of us have been socialized to believe that uh, it's hard to receive money, mm. that we have to work hard to receive money and we have to work hard to keep money. And if money by virtue of that is attached to struggle energy and our goal is to be in ease and flow and harmony, then we have this push and pull relationship with it because why do we want to keep engaging with something that's hard? Mm. Additionally, when something's hard, we've decided that we can't figure it out, that it's too hard to figure out. And in the divine mind, there's all kinds of imprinting about how to make money, how to receive money, how to do it with ease. There's all kinds of million dollar businesses. So that the energetics of that consciousness is already in the divine mind. We can simply tap into it. But because our programming says that it's going to be hard, we have this dissonance, right, between what the reality is, what the universal truth is versus what's what we're actually experiencing as humans. Got it. So you're saying that the universal truth, that's that which is out there, is at times different from the story that we're telling ourselves about what mm -hmm. is most of the time. Yeah. Not. We have things like vows from other lifetimes that we've made vows of poverty, mm. vows of chastity. We have parental programming. We have uh, cultural programming, transgenerational programming. We have all this program that's been imprinted onto us that isn't true. Right. And so our job really in healing our money story is to keep releasing all of those illusions that aren't even in alignment with the truth of who we are. 
Right, right, right. Got it, got it. So thanks a lot for sharing. Now, you've mentioned that at one point, you two were struggling with money issues, right? So could you talk to us about that phase of your life? What were you doing professionally in those days? And what were you really going through? Well, I worked as a forensic investigator. And so I was a public servant. And I worked really long hours. I had massive adrenal fatigue. And I was about 26 years old. And I remember thinking, I love my job. This is a fascinating job. It's super challenging. I actually like all the clients I work with. It's, it's just perpetual school, right? I was just learning every day. But the thought of doing that for another 40 years of living just above the line or just below the line, living for the weekends, dreading Monday morning, Mm. that was so heavy for me. And I felt like I was going into a depression. Because I think innately, we all are wired for freedom. And there was nothing freeing about that. And um, so I thought there's got to be a better way. How can I do this? And I didn't know. But at the time, I had my Reiki mastery. And I had some friends that were starting to network at different healing events and stuff. And I thought, well, I better go to these events to see how these aliens speak. Like, that's how it felt to me, right? Because I was used to language and jargon that we all use in a job. And then people were talking about working different hours. And I don't know, there was just a different speak to it, right? I felt like I was learning a new language. Mm. But I left that job. I went into a corporate job and did sexual harassment investigations and fraud investigations and so on. But I truly worked nine to five. And so at night, I would give myself permission to go to these different events and also do readings on the side, do Reiki on the side, things like that, just to kind of get my feet wet. And then when I started my business, like any of us, we have to just take the leap and trust that the net will catch us. And I, you know, I kind of knew it was going to catch me, but the human part of us goes, oh, I don't know, this is pretty risky. Mm. So the net caught me and I was so excited that I got to do this work right? Like, oh my goodness, people are actually coming to me. I get to do this work that I love. I get to help people that I wasn't even paying attention to the money. I was only paying attention to service. Mm -hmm. And so 10 months into my business, I was already at six figures and I didn't know what to do with that. I thought it meant something about me as a healer, that I was being selfish. I wasn't used to having more than enough money in my bank account. I was used to only having enough to get by. And uh, so even though I had money, I still had some issues to work through around being able, like feeling worthy enough to keep it, feeling deserving enough to keep it, and then allowing myself to continue to make more money so I could hire people in my business, so that I could serve even more people, and so on and so on. So I learned at that time that money really is just a journey. The money story, there's no destination. Every time you up level, there's going to be something else that appears that's asking to be healed because money is just a magnifier. It simply magnifies what's already there, like the great qualities that are there. And then the stuff that we still need to heal money is just the tool to facilitate that. Got it. Got it. Now, in between when you were, when you were talking, you said that, I think you said something along the lines of inherently, we're all meant for freedom, correct? So could you, Mm -hmm. you know, talk a bit more about what you mean by this? Yeah, that comes just from all the work that I've done in the Akashic Records. I've really come to understand that we're all designed to be infinitely expansive. We have infinite potential. And uh, we all are, are an extension of creative energy. And what happens is we have conformity projected onto us. We have, I, I don't know, we have these these uh, metaphoric boxes that are placed on us. We have all these things that happen And that's really where the struggle begins, is that we're innately designed to be free and to take in as much life as possible and to live these expansive lives. 
And yet so much of our programming says you need to stay small, you need to be in limitation. <clears throat> and so when we go into an energy of contraction, everything else around us contracts, our bank account, our business, right. our relationships, things like that. When we strive for more expansion and just to take more life in, we tend to see that more money shows up. Got it. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. And of course, uh, <laughs> our listener Amina says, she shares an observation. How at peace are you with the money you have? Now, Jennifer, you've written about the five major money blocks, right? That often keep mm -hmm. us from moving forward in our business and in life. So could you talk to us about some of these money blocks um, that keep us back? Well, one of the first things that I noticed was that we associate money with power. We mm -hmm. see a lot of powerful people in the world that misuse their power uh, because they're wealthy. And right. if you've watched Fahrenheit 11.9 or some of these other videos, I'm not saying that they're entirely true. Obviously, there's a slant. But we get the gist of what happens at times when people who have a lot of money are in power. Yeah. There's a lot of powerful people that have money that do great things, right? But we tend to hear the stories where people are misusing that so we have a misidentified belief that money equals power. And that's not actually true. Money equals influence. Money buys us a seat at the table to have a voice, to influence global policies, to make changes in the world, to touch people's lives. But because we, have, uh, we can have a visceral reaction to power, why would we let in the very thing that's going to give us what we're afraid of? Either we're afraid of misusing it, or we just have enough cellular memory that says, I'm afraid of having power used against me. So I'm just going to keep money at bay right. because I don't want to be in that continuum of energy. Now, it's not really a conscious thing, but when you dive deep, deep enough with people, and I've talked to thousands of people about money over the years, that's one of the main things that comes up. Got it. Got it. So it's our association with money. And oftentimes, like you mentioned, we associate money with yeah. power. And because we have got so much conditioning through movies, right, into shows mm -hmm. uh, about people who are misusing the power and use, right, uh, and doing it not for good, but for bad, we feel that we might go that same route. But the truth, like you mentioned, is that money actually inf uh, uh, equals influence. And we can use that mm -hmm. influence and amplify that which we already are to do good. And that's definitely mm -hmm. possible. So thanks a lot for sharing. So how did you go about finding a solution? How did you sort of um, maybe heal your money story? Because you've alluded to this a bit, but if you could give us mm -hmm. the turning point that happened for you. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I'm still on a journey. I've mm -hmm. come a long way. I'm pretty at peace with what I have. Mm -hmm. I'm also a high achiever and I'm a go-getter. So I'm also never really happy with what I have, if that makes any sense, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for what's next. How can I grow? I feel like because I talk about money, that it's my job. It's my job for me, but it's also my job for people that are connecting with me to always stay on top of my money game. There's a lot of people out there that are saying that they have all kinds of money, especially in the online space, and it's actually not true. So right mm -hmm. now I'm learning day trading I learn how to invest in the stock market longer term. I hire mentors to teach me how to invest in real estate. And it's not because it's about the money. It's like I said, money is a magnifier. So it just allows me to become even more expansive. It allows me to work through um, the stuff that I have. So I'm always committed to learning about all different ways that money can be a tool for us because that's really all it is. Money is just a tool. Right. It becomes something else when we project our own 
projections onto it, right? Our own stories. So the key is to unravel those stories so that we recognize that actually, if we want it to be a tool, it can be a, a part of our dream team. So I view money as part of my dream team that allows me to serve more people, that allows me to take my son on really cool vacations, to have freedom, to go hike for long hikes with my dog or with my husband or things like that, right? And and I'm in I'm always in gratitude for what it gives me as opposed to looking at the give and take of it. Wonderful. And of course, our listener Amina says, go into an energy of expansion and more money will come in. Thanks a lot. Now, uh, Jennifer, what is the biggest mistake that you see people making, you know, oftentimes when it comes to their relationship with money or when interacting with money? Any mistake that you see people make? Well, there's a lot of mistakes. One of the first things that <laughs> we all tend to do and I see this with business coaching as well, is we we have all kinds of illusions projected onto us and then we we participate in those illusions, okay. right? So people will say to me, I don't know why I, have, I don't have any money. And then when they're willing to be honest with themselves, it turns out that they have a really big spending addiction. And so they're spending money uh, on things that don't even matter to them. So to my point around mistakes, and I say that loosely because there's no real mistakes, right? They're just choices yep. that maybe don't feel as aligned. Yep. Uh, when we're clear on our values, like I'm really clear that health is one of my core values. So I have no problem going for acupuncture once a week. I have no problem investing in really good quality supplements. I have no problem in, you know, making sure that I'm taking care of this vessel because this vessel is only like, I need this vessel to give me the vitality to serve the number of people that I serve. Yeah. So when I'm investing in my health, it doesn't feel like I'm spending money. It feels like I'm investing in myself. And it's always served me. But if I was constantly buying new knickknacks for my home, I'm not really a nester. And so that would make oh. me feel misaligned because I'm spending money on, and there's nothing wrong with that. For some people, that's important. To me, it's not. So some part of me would always feel like I was out of alignment because I was spending money on things that just don't resonate with who I am as a person and what's important to me. Got it. Got it. So Action Tribe listeners, if you're watching and first of all, if there's something that strikes you, if something that resonates with you, if you have a question or comment, make sure you use the comment box below because we're going to take your comments as well. And what I'm getting from what you're sharing, Jennifer, is firstly, it's about understanding who you truly are at a spiritual level, mm -hmm. what you value, what you do not value. Um, and like you mentioned, you value certain things which are taking care of your health, your body, your spirit, and nourishing it with the right foods, with the right alternative healing uh, practices, whether it's like you said, uh, getting an acupuncture therapy, or even getting supplements and superfoods, which really help you thrive. Um, and spending on money in that case in you, is, is good versus spending on things which, are, you know, just collect in our home. So first step, identify mm -hmm what your values are. Now, the other thing I wanted to check with you, uh, Jennifer, is what are some ways in which scarcity thinking can sort of limit a person's capacity to attract mm -hmm. money in their lives? Yeah. Well, as Amina is commenting, which is awesome. Thanks for participating, Amina. <laughs> uh, when we contract, we're pulling our energy back, right? And so whenever we pull anything away, and something's trying to move us towards something, but we're pulling back, we instantly create resistance, right? It's like a tug of war. And so when we contract in one area, 
it, it really truly does show up in all areas of our lives. We f- tend to feel a little less connected to our partner or to our child or our pet or our friends or whatever. And money is a relationship. And so we tend to feel a little disconnected from that or potentially a lot. So our, our monkey mind is naturally wired to instantly, as soon as we set a goal, and we all notice this, as soon as we set a goal, that monkey mind is on it like that, telling us all the reasons why we can't have something. It like it doesn't even let us finish our sentence and it's on us going, you suck and you're not worthy and whatever it's going to say, right? And so when we buy into that, we start looking for, you know, what's going wrong. And I, one of the things I see with a lot of entrepreneurs I coach, they're always talking to me about, I don't have, I have a lack of clients or I have a lack of cash flow. And they keep focusing all their energy on lack. And we know that energy, what we focus on expands. So if we keep focusing on what's not there, we keep having more of what's not there. And in fact, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. So we have to train ourselves even when it's challenging. And I get it. It's really hard to be positive when it seems like everything around us is not working out the way that we want. We have to almost fake it till we make it and find at least three things a day that we're grateful for. One of the things that I like to do at night, and I do this with my partner, actually, is um, I we focus on at least three wins for the day, because when we focus on what we've, you know, what's gone well, it is an energy of gratitude. And then it also facilitates deeper discussion. And then we tend to, you know, the next day, we tend to look for more of what's going right, as opposed to focusing on what's not. So it's just become an evening practice for us. But that really helps. And when people do that, they notice a massive shift either in their relationships, of course, with money, things like that. There's not necessarily any overnight cure. It depends on what someone's money story is and how deep they are Mm -hmm. in debt, for example, or how much they might, you know, owe some friend or whatever the case is. But uh, I've seen some pretty amazing miracles happen with people's money. So I know that energy... uh, kind of exists beyond time and space, we actually can collapse time and space and make things happen really quickly if we intend it to be so. Action Tribe, let me tell you about an amazing discovery I recently made called Uveda. You see, I've been wanting to work on my liver and gut health for a while now, and I've learned that Ayurveda is a key, but I was looking for a simpler approach to applying this ancient system of medicine in my life. And that's when I came across Uveda, a family-owned business that produces full support supplements that contain only the best high-quality organic ingredients. And let me tell you, I am about three weeks into my program and so far my digestion and bowel movements have been great. So I definitely recommend them and their service is excellent. They've got a holistic approach using a fusion of Ayurvedic principles, herbal extracts, modern science and technology. So whether you're looking to improve your mood, your digestion, healing your joints or building your immunity, Uveda has a solution for you. So why not just try them out, right? Because they've put together a solid offer for Action Tribe. Get a 35% discount. That's right. I'm not joking. To try Uveda and get 35% off, go to uveda.com forward slash Action Tribe or apply coupon code Action Tribe at checkout. That's Y-O-U-V-E-D-A dot com forward slash A-C-T-I-O-N-T-R-I-B-E. Once again, that's uveda.com forward slash Action Tribe or apply coupon code Action Tribe at checkout. Uveda. Ayurveda made simple. 
Got it, got it. So, Action Tribe listeners, if you're watching, you need to really guard your energy because your energy that you have is all there is. And especially in times of difficulty, like Jennifer mentioned, it's more important to be able to um, raise your vibrations and keep it that way. So certain things that you can do is, first of all, have a gratitude practice. Um, we just spoke to Maury like uh, uh, you know, about half an hour back, and he, as well, our previous guest, spoke about mm -hmm. uh, maintaining a list of things that we're grateful for, especially in the evening before we go to bed. And like you mentioned, three mm -hmm. things that you're grateful for, but not only that, um, three wins for the day, things that went well mm -hmm. during a, the day. Maybe you had a grateful moment or uh, a magic moment with someone that you really love or something that you did not expect, but went through. Mm -hmm. uh, just make those, uh, make sure you do those practices. Now, Jennifer, you also speak about certain principles that can help begin the process of healing our money story, right? In fact, you write about seven principles. So could you talk to us about maybe some of these principles that can really help us uh, at least take those small steps towards healing our money story? Mm -hmm. Gratitude's a big one for sure. Yeah. Focusing on who you're surrounding yourself with and just what you're, another one of my favorite quotes is from Gandhi, which is that I won't let people walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Mm. And we don't even know it, but sometimes we hold a little bit too much space for people that are chronic complainers. We're taking in the news, when, especially before bed when we're in our theta state and we're easily programmed. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to be more mindful of what we're letting into our mind because although our mind isn't the ultimate source of what happens in our life, it's a big uh, influence on our health and so on. And the subconscious mind is stubborn. It's a stubborn little monkey <laughs> and it wants to prove itself right all the time. It just goes out and gathers evidence to prove itself right. It is a right fighter. So we have to make sure that the stories that are in our, our subconscious are reflective of <laughs> gratitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, of what we do, if we know it's going to go out and prove itself right, let's give it the thoughts to hold on to that we do want it to prove right making sure we're not holding space for chronic complainers and, uh, and additionally surrounding ourselves with people that have a true prosperity consciousness. And I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about, you know, wanting to take in as much life as possible, focusing on possibility rather than problems, you know, that kind of stuff. One of the things I hear from a lot of healers is that uh, because we're really great transmuters, we tend to outgrow things really quickly and people outgrow friends really quickly and mm. then they don't want to grow anymore because they're afraid of you know here i go again i have more people to lose and of course we can't lose anything that we don't own and we don't own people right. uh, but what i like to do is i like to call in my energetic equivalents or higher so that i'm calling in the people that i can keep growing with as it makes sense to do that and so i have friends that i've had for like 15 years that regardless of what's going on in my life and regardless of what's going on in their life, we're always in celebration of each other. When we make money, we're like, awesome, you know, and, and how can I support you to make that next amount of money? That's your goal. There's never any jealousy or competition or comparisonitis. And that makes a big difference because we all need to feel safe in what we're allowing in. And mm -hmm. because we're very tribal by nature, which is another reason why we don't let money in throughout the test of time, we've been a part of a tribe. And if the tribe is holding on to poverty consciousness and we're trying to go into abundance consciousness, we feel like we have two choices, be loyal to the tribe and the message of the tribe 
or mm. go out on my own and believe what feels aligned to me. Right. And we really don't like that feeling of getting either kicked out of the tribe or having to leave the tribe behind. And so people kind of walk this line of letting in a little bit of abundance consciousness and then sliding back into poverty consciousness, right? Because of that misidentified belief. Right. So I potentially see three areas in which a person can be, right? They can either be with their old tribe that does not support their beliefs and values. They can either be with a new mm -hmm. tribe, like you mentioned, you know, people who celebrate you. Whenever you win, mm -hmm. whenever you're down, you can go to them because they'll offer you empowerment and positive um, mindset and, mm -hmm. you know, advice in that way. And then you can be in between. You can be all, all on your on your by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for someone who's in the transition where, you know, they realize, okay, so this tribe of mine does not uh, support me any longer. They don't support my entrepreneurial mindset and wanting to create something for myself and the world around me. But at the same time, I've not found mm -hmm. those people yet. Right? I've not found mm -hmm. those people who you speak of. So what advice do you have for those people? I love that question. That's amazing. You know, I remember when I got my first job and I was just graduating from university and I got this job in forensics and I was making $5,000 more a year than my mom who had been mm. in the workforce for however long and she was trained up and so on. And when she asked me my salary, I could feel her energy pull away from me. And I remember thinking, wow, like I'm going to have to be really careful about what I share with my mom because I can tell that she feels badly. And I, and most of us healers don't like it when people feel badly. Right. Mm. So how do you win? right? How do you how do you create a win 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 when someone clearly shows that they're feeling uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Fast forward to my business, I could see that my parents were trying to do the math. Oh, Jennifer's mm -hmm. holding a retreat here. This is how much she's holding or charging for the retreat. She's got X amount of people coming. That means she's probably made this amount of money. And they would kind of talk to me about it. And the the inner child in me thought that I owed them an explanation that if I was going to be a good girl, I'd have to answer my parents' questions because when your parents ask you a question, you answer them, right? Mm -hmm. This is just an example. But then the spiritual part of me, and this is the big piece. So I want everyone to write this down. Mm. This is where our willingness to be in awareness has to take priority over everything else. Because there's an awareness that we all have about whether someone has the capacity to hear what we're about to share. When someone asks for an opinion, we have the capacity to determine or we have the awareness to determine whether, whether they have the capacity to hear it. And so with my parents, I've come to realize that they don't have the capacity to hear how I'm doing in that area. So I just don't talk about business with them and I don't talk about money with them because I don't have to. Right. I don't owe them anything. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be the good girl. And in the spirit of making sure that we have a harmonic interchange, I want to just focus on things that we, where we can find common ground. And so for, all, for everyone listening, we have to really determine, and this is true for anything. This is true about talking about your love life. This is true about when you tell people you're on a diet and we have all those saboteurs that want to run in and, you know, try mm. and offer you pumpkin pie or whatever. Mm. We have, we owe it to ourselves to uh, tune into our awareness and see what's the actual agenda going on. Right. Does this person have a hidden agenda for the question they're asking me? If they do, that's OK. I can at least have awareness around it. And then uh, do they have the capacity to hear it? And do I want to share in this way? Mm -hmm. Because there's a very easy way out of that. You either answer a question with a question or you just change the topic. Right. And <laughs> it just kind of works that way. But um, 
the easiest way to call in your new tribe. And I'm not saying it's easy like to minimize it. It's not like a easy bake oven where you just throw it in for five minutes and then you've got your cake, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's getting clear on who's the person that I want to be and thinking from your future self. So if you're a five-figure entrepreneur and you want to make six figures, you start saying, okay, what would a six-figure person do in this situation? How would they fuel their body? How would they spend their time? How would they manage their mindset? Who would they be hanging out with? What would their priorities be? What would they be letting go of? You know, that kind of stuff. And when we start focusing on being the person that we want to be, we, we just naturally start magnetizing to us the things that are in alignment with what we're calling in. Mm, got it, got it. What comes to my mind is the quote that what got you here will not get you there. Right? Yes. Guess, <laughs> the beliefs and the visions and the values and the narratives and the stories that you tell yourself that got you here will not get you there. That's constantly on my mind in terms of, you know, what do I need to change about my mindset, about the people that I hang out with maybe or the recurring thoughts that I have in my mind? What do I need to change mm-hmm. about that? That will take me where I need to go. And I think you resonate, you know, the same same uh, sentiments as well. Now, uh, you spoke about the Akashic Records or the wisdom mm-hmm. that is held in, in, in the Tao, the universe, so to speak, the cosmic wisdom. So how did you stumble upon that, that information? <laughs> I realized after I'd been, you know, really attuned to them in my sleep that mm. I'd been working in them since I was a child. So my grandfather used to solve crimes with the police as a psychic medium. He would do all these energy games with me as a kid. He oh. was mailing me Seth Speaks, Speaks books on the bus sending me big boxes of these like heavy, heavy spiritual books that were like way (laughs) over my head when I was seven. And I'd read them and get cross-eyed. I would understand them vibrationally. Right. But I didn't, I didn't know how to articulate it. I went for my first past life regression with my parents when I was four. So this is just how I grew up. And I didn't know that the outer world was looking at me like a crazy pants because that was my normal. And uh, then when I was working in corporate, I had a dream and it was a recurring dream for about two weeks. Mm -hmm. This big book, really beautiful book with ancient writing on it just kept flipping. The pages were flipping so quickly and it was stressing me out because I had this deep knowing that I needed to know what was on those pages and it, it was moving too quickly. So I looked really tired at the end of those two weeks. And my coworker said to me, you look really tired. What's going on? I said, well, here's the story. She said, well, you know better. Just ask your guides to tell you what's going on in your dreams. Mm. And I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Like, how come that didn't occur to me? So uh, that night when I was sleeping, I said, okay, like before I went to sleep, I said, all right, guys, like, I know you have something to tell me. I need you to make it really clear and concise. I need you to make it easy for me to understand. And I need to remember it when I wake up. And so in the middle of the night, I heard, these are the Akashic records. You must learn them so you can teach them. And I was less moved by that. I was just more excited that I could sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So I went into a deep sleep. I woke up the next morning and I got a phone call asking me if I could do an Akashic record reading. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how did this even happen so quickly? My friends somehow were under the impression that I was already doing these readings. And meanwhile, I had no words for that, but they started Mm -hmm. sending me these people to do readings with them. And then people started asking me to teach it. And so, you know, here we are, thousands of students later and tens of thousands of readings later. And that's actually how I got a lot of the insight about the money, right? Because so many people, the three most common questions in the Akashic Records are, what's my purpose? Where's my soulmate? And how can I make more money? 
Mm. I'll always be asked at least one of those three questions every single reading, even if someone's come to me a million times. So I thought, okay, there's got to be something to this. So the forensic investigator and me said, okay, well, what are the patterns, the main things that I'm seeing with everyone that's struggling with this? Because as spiritual as we are, and as much as we want to keep going on this path of enlightenment, we still have to be three-dimensional. We still have to pay bills and buy groceries and put gas in our car or buy bus tickets or whatever, right? There's still an mm. element of that. And when mm. we reject that and we think that we're above that or we're not willing to be in our body and have a three-dimensional experience, we automatically cut that flow off. People, well, there's, you know, with, with spiritual folks and myself included, we get all of this old paradigm programming onto us. And we're either taught to believe that well, we're taught to believe that money determines our level of spirituality and our level of humility. Mm. And really money doesn't make us, having money doesn't make us any more or less spiritual and not having money doesn't make us any more or less spiritual. So that's when we really have to understand that money is part of the universe. It's part of that um, universal creative life force. We're part of that universal creative life force. So we share the same universal DNA, basically, right? We actually understand more about money on a cellular level than what we even give ourselves credit for. And when we allow money to be what it is in this lifetime, right, the functionality of it at, at its purest source, then we can allow it to be part of our dream team as opposed to viewing it as the enemy or this thing that makes me a bad person or, you know, whatever stories we have around it. Got it, got it. Now, Jennifer, what is an energy activation? Because you've written about that. Uh, and how does it help? Well, um, a few years ago, I... So there's a lot of energy that needs to be cleared around money. A lot of times we're struggling with money. And, pe and I know this. I see people struggle. They're like, what am I doing wrong? I've taken course after course. I've read book after book. I'm saying my mantras. I'm doing my gratitude statements. How come I still have a lack of flow? And when you've tried everything else and it's still not shifting, it's usually an energy thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I created this program years ago called the Heal Your Money Story uh, program. And the first module, we actually clear out all the past life energies, like just the past. We clear out the hooks and the cords and all the stuff that came with us into this lifetime that we don't even know is attached to us, but absolutely influences our ability to move forward, like a vow. A vow is a very permanent statement, right? When we avow something, we mean it to stand the test of time. And so if we've made a vow of poverty, right? And, and I've even talked to people who have been married in this lifetime and then get divorced. When they have to dissolve that vow, there's an mm -hmm. immense amount of guilt and shame that comes along with it. Not that they should feel that way, but that's just the energy it brings up for them because a vow is so powerful. And when we're bringing that forward without even knowing it, that's the kind of stuff that can also block our flow. And also why we feel like there must be something innately wrong with me. Maybe I'm not deserving. Maybe the universe doesn't have my back because I keep doing all the right things and money's not showing up. Mm -hmm. So when we um, clear out the energy, but also when we activate things like our wealth blueprint and we activate the... Um, the components within our soul's blueprint that allow us to awaken to how we're here to make money and how we're here to receive money, it creates a lot more flow than, um, you know, constantly, like you said, doing the same thing, right? Like what gets us here doesn't get us to the next place. If we're doing the same thing and it's not working, then we're not asking the questions that are actually aligned. Got it. 
And uh, Amina says, thank you, AJ, for that question. You read my mind. <laughs> Linne says, we've got a lot of listeners today. Linne says, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. I'm really learning a lot. And of course, I think Amina is a fan of uh, of your quotes because she says, <laughs> on the person that you want to be, says Jennifer Longmore. So uh, all viewers and listeners, if you have a question, if you have an observation, if you have a comment, make sure you add the them in the comments box below because we are watching the comment box right now. Now, Amina says, how do we clear out the past energies? How do we do that? Any insight? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. It, it depends on, like, I'll assume then that everyone listening knows how to clear energy. So, uh, AJ, you offer a lot of guidance around clearing the chakras. I feel like all seven chakras are related to money because it has to start with clearing out that primal stuff if all we ever do is just keep working on balancing our chakras with the intention of allowing them to vibrate to abundance, right, then that will help because we have to clear the primal stuff, we have to clear that safety and security stuff, then we bring it up into the second chakra. And now we're clearing out anything that prevents us from being creative. And we need to be creating, right? And we bring it all the way up, the power, the expression, all that stuff, all the way up through all the chakras. That can be really helpful. Uh, for some people, they find that hypnosis works. I obviously am very partial to the Akashic Records. And the reason why is because I like to move at the speed of light. And the Akashic Records is kind of an all-in-one, right? You're getting the alignment to your blueprint. You're getting any healing you need. You're manifesting. And then uh, you're also receiving divine guidance about what's next. So that's why I'm partial to those. Um, you know, sometimes even I feel like there's certain uh, tree essences and box flower essences that can be really helpful in shifting stuff. Because keep in mind, when you think it's about the money, it's never, ever, ever about the money. It's always about something underneath. So it's about mm -hmm. your fear of being abandoned and rejected by the tribe. It's about your fear of speed because money creates speed. And so if we have experiences where speed has caused harm to us, right? Or when we've moved quickly through something, and then we become bored easily, because we do move at the speed of light, we'll slow things down, because we don't want to be bored. Uh, when we don't believe that we're deserving, or worthy enough of receiving, these are the kind of things that get in the way of money, money is just a tool, it's just this neutral energy. And so when people make it about money, I always reflect it back and say, okay, what's what's really going on for you? Because we know it's not about the money. Got it, got it. So Action Drive, another reminder, if you have questions, make sure you add them in the comments bo comment box below. And most importantly, make sure you share this stream because it's not just about you, right? If you support your friends, family, yeah. you can transform the energy around you and in your community. Now, Jennifer, based on what you've shared so far, what is that one action step that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? This is going to sound counterintuitive, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like I mentioned before, when we don't have aware, like we can't deal with what we're not aware of. So we have to bring awareness to whatever's going on. One of the greatest things that helped me, even though I was making really great money, I was still really trapped in that scarcity mindset. I was so afraid that the rug was going to be pulled out from underneath me, that it was all going to disappear, that I was going to end up in a cardboard box, which is a very common fear. Um, you know, that something was going to happen to take it all away. So I didn't want to allow in too much good because I was afraid it was going to be taken from me. And so I had to write out all the things that I wasn't doing because I didn't have money. Okay. So I wrote out, you know, I don't have enough time to, and I literally made a list and this should be a full page, right? I don't have enough time to whatever. 
mm-hmm. because time and money are very similar, right? Typically, if someone feels there's a lack of money, they also feel there's a lack of time. And then I don't have money to do this. And it can even be, you know, frivolous stuff. Like I don't have enough money to buy a private jet. It's not mm-hmm. about the private jet. It's just about the fact that your brain is really, you'll get to see when you see the list written out, how much your monkey mind is running the show. And when we let the monkey mind run the show, we're not operating from this heart center. We're not operating from our higher self. We're operating from a bratty little, you know, teenager basically in our mind that's trying to manipulate us into believing that we are never going to amount to anything and things are never going to work out and all of the catastrophizing that it tends to do in our brain. So it's not about hanging out there in the scarcity. It's about bringing awareness and looking at it because oftentimes when we look at it, we're like, oh, that is ridiculous. I cannot even mm. believe that. I'm, you're welcome, Amina. I can't believe I'm even putting this much energy into how much lack I have. Some of it will be realistic. And then from there in the awareness, you can say, okay, well, if I believe I don't have enough time to do this, does that actually matter to me? And if it does, then what can I do to shift this? And sometimes it just starts with a mantra. Right. And really connecting with your future self. Like I have an abundance of time to do all the things I love. Or I have more than enough money to pay a team member to help me grow my business or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And uh, and then so we flip it around and we start really focusing on, okay, well, I have more than enough money to do this. And it's going to feel weird at first. I'm not going to lie because it's not real yet. So it feels like you're kind of being a little bit fake. It's kind of the fake it till you make it. But the more you start writing out things as though they're already happening from that list, then the more it actually starts to feel real. And before you know it, you start seeing things show up. I have clients all the time get off a call with me and they're convinced that their whole business is going to dry up and they're going to lose every possible client. And they're just in this tailspin, right? They're going down a rabbit hole. And then they'll email me right after a call. Did you just send this client to me? And I'm like, you talking about I I haven't even had a chance to open my emails yet I just had this person show up after we did this energy work how did this happen well because something shifted in them that allowed them to you know focus on what they're receiving as opposed to what they don't have got it well thanks a lot for sharing and I'm sure this is really actionable people can do it right after this episode and action tribe if you are listening to this episode on your mobile phone on Apple Podcasts, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your phone because it'll ensure that you don't miss out on any of the new episodes that we release. It'll automatically be downloaded onto your phone. Once again, to save time, make sure you hit the subscribe button um, so that you have a better experience overall. What we What's really important about shamanism is that the shaman knows that we are not alone when one human being compassionately works to relieve the suffering of another. The helping spirits are interested and become involved. Now, this is an amazing quote by Michael Harner. Action Tribe, I hope you listen to this quote because it states that when one human being compassionately works to relieve the suffering of another, the helping spirits are interested and become involved when i first came out came across this quote it gave me the shivers because it confirmed what i already believed in my mind deep down that we are not alone sometimes especially when you're going through a difficult time or a difficult phase or you experience numerous challenges you might feel like you're alone 
But that's not true. If you work compassionately to relieve the suffering of someone else or alleviate the pain of another, even though you're, you yourself are going through some challenges, helping spirits notice your kindness, your generosity, and your energy, and they get to work to support you in your spiritual quest and to help you heal. Now, Jennifer, talk to us about a time in your life when you went through a difficult circumstance or a difficult moment. Um, how did you get into it? And then what steps did you take to sort of come out of that situation? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And I love that you shared that because it makes me think about why I do the work that I do. And that's actually really tied into money as well. It's a lot easier to allow in a lot of money when you're clear on the difference you want to make in the world. I have an animal sanctuary that I want to build and I'm actively looking for real estate right now to pull that together. I'm very passionate about animal rights. Of course, I'm passionate about human rights, but I kind of do that in my work, right? By helping people heal their hearts. And, you know, the more our hearts are healed, the more we spread love. Uh, When I worked in forensics and I don't want to get too graphic because I've learned that most people can't handle this story. uh, But I had, um, a two-year-old that was murdered and it was, it knocked the wind out of me for a lot of reasons. It knocked the wind out of me because obviously I was very concerned about this child and, and not just the child, but all the people that had to witness it. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the other workers that were attached to it and, and it it was just a sad case altogether, right? Like nobody wins from that. And fortunately, that child, by way of what happened and the lack of of kind of police intervention and so on that was there, it changed some laws. So that was kind of the gift of that, if we want to call it that. That sounds like a weird word, but I'll go with that for now. Anyways, I um, that really created a lot of stress for me. And I kind of went into an existential crisis, I'll call it, you know, like, what what is the purpose of this life and why do humans behave this way and you know all that kind of stuff and uh and i went down that rabbit hole a little bit and then i realized i have the power i have the training as a reiki master and all these different things right to uh, make a difference and maybe if i can just help heal the hearts of other people that may be considering that we don't even know or people that are suicidal, right? We never know back to the quote around the mosquito. We might walk by someone one day and we don't know that they're going home to commit suicide. We happen to make eye contact with them and smile. And then their brain says, Oh, maybe I do matter. Maybe I am seen. Maybe my life does have value. Maybe I'll postpone Mm -hmm. this for another day. We're never going to know that stuff. And I don't need to be aware of lives I change or don't change. I just need to be the intention, right, of saying, okay, well, I can't save the world. There's a lot of things I'm not going to have control over, but what do I have control over? I have the ability to help people live to their fullest potential, to share their gifts with the world, to feel lighter, to uh, show up in the world differently, to be a contribution in a different way. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. And that was a real game changer for me. Got it. So based on what you're what you just shared in your story, what is that one um, major life lesson that you would like to share with our listeners? That we, we don't have control over everything, right? We, we can take on stuff as though it's ours to fix and it isn't always ours to fix. 
So we need to focus on, well, what, what can be my contribution? Even if it seems small, how can I be a contribution to a better planet? Wonderful. So I'm sure that our listeners and our viewers and people that are watching this live or even people that are watching this at a later date are able to take in what you just said um, and realize that we can't solve all the problems. But even if we, through our smile, through our intention and willingness to do good, if you're able to shift the energy for someone else, then that can make their day and we can change our the world one person at a time. Uh, we don't need to change everyone at the same time. So thanks a lot for sharing Action Tribe. I hope you enjoyed today's episode so far. Remember, if you're listening to the audio version of this episode on the various platforms that we are on, uh, then you're missing out on by not viewing this live and not seeing our faces and on our videos. So I invite you to join our next live stream. Visit our page, My 7 Chakras. Uh, Give us a like and get updates on our next uh, video live streams that we do. Action Tribe, we're not quite done with today's episode yet, but I hope that you are now ready to improve and strengthen your relationship with money and hopefully heal your money story as well. Based on my conversation with so many of you, I know that you are talented, you have gifts and you have visions to create something magnificent in this universe. And just like many successful people in the past, you might be going through some challenges and difficulties as well. But remember that you cannot give up right now. You've come a long way and don't judge your life based on the current circumstances that you find yourself in right now. Like we're learning today, you need to constantly keep up your vibrations, you know, express that gratitude, you know, remember your wins, remember your greatness and let go of all the negative emotions like fear and worry and anxiety that don't serve you. The best days are yet to come and you must think big because just like the author and motivational speaker T. Harv Ecker once said, the biggest obstacle to wealth is fear. People are afraid to think big, but if you think small, you'll only achieve small things. So make sure, Action Tribe, everyone who's listening, make sure you're thinking big, right? Mm -hmm. So with that, we are now at the last round, the wisdom round for today, which is basically four <laughs> quick questions that need four, uh, you know, action-packed uh, responses. So what is the best piece of advice that you have received? So many, uh, you know, when, with respect to money, what I learned from studying a ton of millionaires and billionaires is that uh, it's really important to live below your means. I'm not talking about living like a pauper, but I am talking about, you know, not spending for the sake of spending. Got it. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently living or dead, who would it be? <laughs> I really want to take a bite out of crime. The Dalai Lama has got the, those kind of smiley cheeks. I just want to bite into them and like, mm, you know, <laughs> thanks, Amina. He just makes me laugh and giggle. I feel like just being in his presence would be a hoot for an hour. Got it. And what is that one thing that you do in the morning or in the evening before you sleep that has improved the quality of your life? When I wake up, I say I'm instantly grateful for having another day. And then I say, okay, well, how can I allow life to be a contribution to me today? And how can I be a contribution to others today? 
And I just live in that question. I don't try to answer it. I just stay in that state so that the synchronicities and the, you know, the right people and information and so on comes to me. Got it. And if you could recommend one book, uh, one book, not one book for our listeners, <laughs> uh, uh, what would that book be? You know, the first one that comes to mind is The Four Agreements. It's not necessarily related to money, but I feel like the principles in that, that's the book that you can kind of read over and over again and always take nuggets from. It's kind of a way of being in the world. And those principles I feel like are applicable to anything, whether it be calling yourself a healer, whether it be allowing in more money, whether it be, uh, you know, be in relationship to being a great partner. It's just that book that helps with everything I feel. Awesome. So Action Tribe, would you like to receive this book for free? That's right. Audible.com is offering all our listeners, everyone, one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their service. Because the truth is that listening is the new reading. And if you're listening to this episode, then you've just proven my point. And I love listening to my Audible books on my phone because you can have literally hundreds of books on your phone. And in most cases, the author himself or herself reads out the book to you. So if you'd like to try, try out this amazing experience uh, by downloading an audiobook, go to my 7 forward slash free book. That's my seven is a word, my 7 forward slash free book and download the four agreements. So Jennifer, thank you so much for connecting with us today. I really appreciate you sharing your story as well as sharing these tips that can help transform our relationship with money. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for today and how we can find you online. I am grateful for my family. <clears throat> After I leave all of you today, I'm going out for the day to spend time with them and I realize that life is just a string of moments. So I really try to savor those moments with the people that I adore. So that's what I'm grateful for today. Got it. And how do we find you online? Because I'm sure that many of our listeners might want to, you know, take the next steps and, uh, you know, learn more about healing their money story. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I spend an awful lot of time on Facebook, probably too much time, but I have a group on there called the Purpose Posse. And that's a group for spiritual entrepreneurs to connect and share resources and kind of bond up, you know, and speak the same language. And then my website is www.souljourneys.ca. And I know that we were going to give away a free gift to everyone listening today. So I don't know if you have that, that link or not. Yep, we do have the link. And the link, Action Tribe, is my seven is a word, my seven chakras.com forward slash money story. My seven chakras.com forward slash money story. And once you go there, you'll receive a free gift from Jennifer. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll have all these links up in the show notes, so don't worry about that. Action Tribe, if you've listened so far, it means that you really enjoyed today's episode. If you feel different, if you feel optimistic, and if you feel that you've learned something new, then please support our podcast. We have a donate button. Choose your favorite number and donate to our movement. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash support. That's my7chakras.com forward slash support. If you're on Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram. My handle is at my seven chakras at my seven chakras so that I can share it with our community. Jennifer, are you on Instagram? I am, uh, but I have someone else manage it for me. So I don't really know what my handle is, but I'm cool. sure if they just type in my name, they'll see me there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just type in Jennifer's name and Jennifer Longmore, and I'm sure you'll find her. And we'll also add your handle onto our show notes so that people can always find you on Instagram. And finally, Action Tribe, if you have a question, comment, observation, or something that you'd like to ask, um, then reach out to me, AJ at my7chakras.com. AJ at my7chakras.com. Let me see if you have some more comments. Of course, Amina has been the most active person on today's edition fear false evidence appearing real so let go of fear and she says thank you aj thank you jennifer and she's also mm-hmm. kindly uh you know written your website down souljourneys.ca jennifer thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about transforming our energetic relationship with money which is so crucial and important and taking us mm-hmm. one step closer to a human revolution mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. It's been a real honor. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com. That is My S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.